0: February 8, 2021, it's a lot for Pedro Show. for pedro Show. Happy Monday. Second Monday of the month, Feb. Uh, We'll start off with Greensleeves. John Coltrane, 1961, at the Village Vanguard. I think Richard Workman was on the bass. Mr. Elvin Jones on the drums. You can hear some noise. People, I think that's my guest over in Philly Town. Huh? Where John Coltrane bought his first house with his GI Bill money over on 33rd Street by the Zoo. That's... Brother Chuck Treese. And in fact, uh, after Greensleeves, we heard Our Town by Bing Crosby. But not the one you know, people. This one's with a K. And it's Brother Chuck's uh, latest prodge, And uh, incredible music, man. I've had the privilege to get to jam with him. And Brother Ray Bra- uh, Barbie over in Long Beach, Strong Beach. And uh, in fact, we did a gig in Pedro out a, a pad. And it got filmed and put on TV. But uh, welcome aboard, Brother Chuck Tweese. Hey, how are you? Man, I am so glad to be talking with you. A little yes, bit of struggle. Yes. But you know, good things come with a little bit of struggle, so it's okay. Yeah. I want to go through your musical history, Brother Chuck. Okay. What is your earliest musical memory?
1: Uh, jamming with my father's band at uh, like probably like age six, and then playing my first show with him at age eight. Wow. Now, what'd your pop do? What'd he play? He he was a tenor sax player. Tenor man. But he can play bass, drum and guitar and all that stuff like that. Like
0: you. Like you can play. I mean.
1: Yeah, I'm copping his thing. I
0: got to tell you, people, he's a stick man with a beat in his hand. But he's also, like, all aboard on everything. (laughs) Right? You could do the one-man band thing. He's bitching. And, of course, I think it's key being a drummer man because – it's rhythm, right? So if you could do that, if you can rock that, you can get on the other machines. Yeah, yeah so, sure. So you're a young man. And are these gigs are just jamming at the pad?
1: Well, first it was like jamming with them because they, they were rehearsing in my living room where we lived. And then my dad had one show we did at a place. It's in Chester, Pennsylvania, called Boots and Bonnets. It's actually still there. And that was the first time I actually stepped on stage with a band and, and played in, in their set. You know what I mean? Just savvy. How old? I was eight.
0: Eight! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's breaking them in young. Yeah, it's bitching. That is so fucking bitching. So obviously at the pad there was instruments. How did you get on that drum set?
1: Uh, just... Just starting at home, just kind of beating on pots and pans. And it went from pots and pans to me getting my own personal little kid.
0: You know, there's a, on yeah. YouTube.com, there's a documentary on Elvin Jones. It's only a half hour. It's called Different Drummer. And he talked about starting on fucking pots and pans. Yeah. That's
2: what it is. <laughs> and
0: then man. his sister helped him with the bike route money to go get a drum set. So how, how'd you get your drum set?
1: My dad purchased it. it was like I think it was like a, like a Small Rogers, like the first one or Love bigger It was like, you know what I mean? Just kind of just like something that I could beat around. and get Yeah, you know, but stick. I
0: know a lot of cats who started on Rogers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great drums.
0: Yeah, and maybe not not a lot of coin.
1: No, no, no. Not back then. Yeah, now a no. different tone. No, different.
0: Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you sidestepped all that shit with the paper heads and toy shit. It was a real oh, drum set.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the real music around and then you know it would, it would go up and down as far as quality here and there but yeah we, I was lucky enough to have like solid stuff that my dad's friends owned, and they let us jam out and have a good time
0: yeah yeah now it was probably stand up dude on the bass right
1: no no no. it was like um, it was a straight like R&B like, ah kind of, so
0: you got a Fender bass you got a bass yeah, guitar yeah, yeah he
1: had yeah he had the full on blown like custom amps like that oh all
0: padded the, padded yeah
1: Gear, everything, and because he 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 had the van and all the gear at the house also. Oh, so the bass to, man! Bass.
0: bass man was a key man. He, he was, yeah, the, yeah. He was so the boat
1: man. B three <laughs> organ. Yeah, that's why I tripped when I saw that what you were doing with the B three organ. That that reminded me of my dad's band because they are they always had a guy that played B three and then you know some other stuff that was always kind of the foundation of everything that they were doing. Oh, bitching, bitching. Yeah, yeah. So they would do from Chicago. All the way down to earth when it fire. I mean, they went, like, pretty pretty heavy. Sure,
0: know. sure. I mean, there's nothing like. And did this organ man use foot pedals? Yeah, yeah, they
1: had the whole thing. It used to, Leslie used to be set up in the house. Yeah, Jimmy
0: Smith, Jimmy Smith, all right. Pretty yeah, strange. it's set up in the house because moving those things. Yeah. Was it chopped or was it the full-on thing? It was a full-on thing because um, I don't
1: know if they had too many chopped things. I just remember having that Leslie and just being tripped out on the sound of it when it got going.
0: No, but you yeah. saw my second man, right? And Pizzo, he chopped yeah. his, because fucking put steel
1: legs, foldable legs, because it's still 240 fucking pounds. Yeah, that thing's huge. And that, it sounded great. You guys sounded amazing. Just having that, the dynamic of having the B3 with what you guys were doing, I was just tripping I was just like, whoa, this is heavy.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. This is interesting. So you don't really have
1: a, did you have a drum teacher? Um. Those are just a couple of basic guys that like that were in my dad's band that just would give me more concepts, and the one guy that stuck with me the most was a a drummer that, like, he was just a different dude. He had, like, a little bit of a speech impediment, but he was really, like, um, a well-thought-out person, and he told me to paint a picture when I played music, and so I immediately, like, in my mind when he said that, I saw two guys carrying, like, an empty, like, a paint, you know what I mean, just like a, like a, just kind of the casing around it, you know what I mean, just... And, and with nothing inside of it. And I was like, Oh, that kinda of makes more sense to me if I can see it and play it, you know what I mean? No, it makes big sense to
0: me because in that documentary I told you about, Elvin's huh. talking about how when he's playing the drums he's painting. Yeah, and like yeah. you like the snare drum is red and the cymbals are yellow and the yeah. toms are green and shit like this. Yeah. I mean in his mind, right, with the music
1: uh Yeah. Elvin so heavy. I saw him play live out in L.A. once, and I was almost in tears, man. He played like 90% of the show with brushes, and the last song he played with sticks. It was just it blew my mind, like it was just.
0: I got to see him. Bone took me like 12, 13 times because he was Dude. he was living in Nagasaki. So the first gigs right. would be if you saw him in L.A. It might have been one we were at Catalina right. up on Cahuenga, up in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: huh? Fuck, man, if you were lucky. He put his eyes on you. It was your gig. He'd be looking at you the whole fucking day. <laughs> That's crazy. Billy Higgins did that to me, too, man. Oh, man, I get my command performance here, yeah, these guys. It, 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 it was heavy. It was really inspiring and stuff. So what about at school? Were you in the marching band or the choir, shit like that?
1: Um, when I got into junior high, I was in the jazz band. When I, My dad moved me from the city into the Burbs. And so I did that through like 8th, 7th, 8th, ninth grade. And then once I got into high school, I started playing in another cover band with some some guys that were just kind of just around the neighborhood. So it was just just kind of one little stint for a while, but... It, well I, I just ask
0: you that because a lot of schools got rid of their music programs I was going to ask you about what about after school like the garage band the basement band
1: the, yeah you yeah know. yeah we have, we have one of those we have one of those a kid band that we, we goofed around with and then I had like an early punk band called Jerry's Kids with, 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 with a bunch of guys from Delaware it's not the Jerry's Kids from Boston it was it also
0: was, get this there's a Jerry. <laughs> there's a Jerry's Kid in Albuquerque too <laughs> that's wild
1: man <laughs> <laughs> easy name to take for a punk band yeah
0: you got
1: it, man. So so what what were you guys writing your own material or were you doing covers? No, nah, we were just doing like clash covers and sex pistols covers and, and stuff so like that. And the like writing the own our own stuff didn't happen until McRad, you know, so that was like when I was in eleventh grade which was like like late seventy-nine, eighty, and then eighty one, eighty two is when I graduated and then basically late eighty two, eighty three is when I started to discover songwriting, you know, through a friend of mine who showed me a punk rock song. And then when I got into McRad, then we just literally started learning how to write.
0: Okay, you you home. got into
1: McRad because I thought McRad
0: was your band.
1: Yeah, it was. It was it was something that we all put together. Oh, okay,
0: it, it was it was a uh, group effort.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like a thing where I I, I skated with the bass player, this dude, Zeke Zagar. Yeah, and we skated at Cherry Hill Skate Park together as kids. And so yeah. once I graduated high school in '82 from in Delaware, I moved to Philly just to collaborate with him on just some skateboarding events and. He was playing in a band called FOD, and he decided he wanted to make a change. And so we started McRad because there was really no skate band, you know, like JFA was. you know.
0: Ah, yeah, 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 Brian. You know,
1: band. And so as skaters, JFA really influenced us through the Thrasher magazine thing. So that's...
0: Well, yeah, well Brian, yeah, the singer man was, I think, the editor. Mm-hmm. He had me write a column once, how I try to play my bass like it was a skateboard. Yeah, right. <laughs> because Watts got fucked up knees, he could never do it. What, what about this name, McRad? I love that name. Where did it come from?
1: The name McRad came from the bass player from Husker du. Um Greg, Greg Norton? Yeah. Like, we were, it was the first time they played in Philly. And it was probably, like, a couple of months after we saw... Because the Minutemen... Yeah, because got, we did a gig with them at at Hope Hall. Hope, uh-huh. Something
0: that, like yeah. that,
1: with White Cross mm-hmm. and, and we, saw, uh, we I saw you guys, I saw Minutemen and Love Hall. Love mm-hmm. Hall, that's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah, and then and Hooskudu then played, like, I think about four months later at Jeff Jenkins' house. He was a, a local DJ on KDU. Okay. And he had a house in West Philly, and that's where Hooskudu played. And we were all talking upstairs, myself, Zeke, and and uh, Tristan and, and, and Ethan, and we were just talking about band names, and Greg was like, oh, why don't you call him Mc, McTare, McShred, McRad? And it was him with a mustache, and I just remember his face. Yeah. With the, uh, Sporting uh, Greg
0: Norton. Maybe he was yeah. thinking of, like, fucking pucks, you know, like Crap yeah. Donalds.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's on him, and, I mean, but, he had friends that skated, too. Oh, yeah, friends, of course. Yeah, so... It was cool that he was like, because we were just these kids that loved Husker du. I mean it, But you know
0: what they also were into? Because you know me and Dee Boone put out their first album, Land Speed Record.
1: No way.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't fuck lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> that was me and Dee Boon who put out uh, on New Alliance Records, Land Speed oh, Record. Wow. But wild. you know what they were big into? Hockey. Especially Bob. That's wild. And then Bob got into wrestling, but I, I don't think he wrestled himself. He'd just like be a... Uh, gig-goer, right? Yeah, Here, yeah, yeah. I want to I wanna play uh, Work It Out, Bing Crosby. We got to work it out
3: Every time I see your face walk around Never rates go down We got to get it out Don't we'll just expect
2: me to say That I'm so beautiful And be be Different city,
4: different states different states no time to hang around. Gotta get us to the point that I don't wanna come back again. No disrespect, away Stop, I'm the fine stop Don't look now, wait to drop Hell blues, a upside. By four-letter I a barren up son Past this bad, four letter word Panicart never about it on my head prepared. Too to, to I'll take your Too to get my little lost. Better you than chew on the bus. Don't ya? Don't ya? Yellow snow. Take it, take it. will arrest ya, go. That you toe. stop. Don't look now. Way to drop. The hell abuse, aberrant, absurd. Pass this by to fall out of work.
5: From one to to another, another. multiple realities, not what if uh, three, four, they actually do fade. the way round
0: The Pedro Show. Yeah, we heard Work It Out from Ben Crosby at the head of the chunk of music. Then the Hellbeans, brand new past is but a four-letter word. South London. Dumb numbers after that. Scars. Yeah, what's Joyful Music lost their, one of their main cats, Jonathan to Cancer. Very sad. And so that's in his honor. Uh, scars. Dale Crover. His new solo record, Tougher. See, drummers can fucking make their own record. Chico Hamilton. I made him Georgie into this fucking Chico Hamilton record from the 60s. It was bitching And like, yeah, Chico Hamilton couldn't get songwriting credit. Drummers can't write songs. Fuck that. That's what I say. E, uh, brand new from Iokoi. Iokoi. <laughs> I-O-K-O-I, people. Maybe it's Iokoi. I don't know. Effective tension, but it's brand new and it's bitching. Manuel Maresca and Manuel for Errors. Uh, he's in Berlin these days. With Setta from his new albums. Where
1: uh, is my
0: name? Bomas Prendin, E. Mannin. Time Can Be Delayed from Model Home. That's a beautiful fucking band. Both those guys out of D.C. area. Hans Rotten from Switzerland with a distant Melody. Ben Addy, <laughs> brand new out of, uh, what do you call that? York area of England. Moving. And finally, Bing Crosby with Bing Number 5, I guess, uh, upcoming album. Anyway, okay, so, so tell me about Bing Rad. This is where you start touring and stuff, right?
1: Um, Bing, Bing Crosby basically has just been started within, like, I guess it's been about a year and a half going on, two years, and it was a project that uh, started with my youngest son, Kieran, and also a studio where we're at now located uh, uh, the studio owner is Rick Frederick. Rick is the engineer and the studio owner. And Kieran and I would come in here the past year, since like about a, like a like right after COVID hit, we just started coming in here and just recording whatever, like we could improvise. And some of the stuff I would put vocals on, or most of it I would leave instrumental. Then I would come in and just retrack other sounds over it to deal with it. But that's basically what the record is, other than you know Rachel collabing on the one song, and okay. then Rich. You know, Rick is Rick is the person who's mixing it and getting all the tones. Well, thank and all that. you
0: big time to brother Rick, but uh that's kind of up to date. I want to still be back in the old days
1: with McRad, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. McRad yeah, yeah, is yeah, the band yeah. where
1: you first started touring, right? Yeah, we, yeah. McRad was, um yeah, we did spot shows. I mean, we we did like the Philly, Connecticut, DC, and then after '85, when I kind of revamped the band. And that's when we started kind of going to California and and bouncing around. Through, you know, Skate Master Tate was helping us a lot in California. You know, and also Pleasant from the Screaming Sirens. They, pleasant they gaming
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she. Uh, when I first met her, she was Pat Smear's girlfriend.
1: Yeah, no. she goes <laughs> right. way
0: back, yeah, Pleasant, and she had that band Screaming Sirens
1: also ringland sisters i think Uh, yeah right
0: so she actually helped get you guys gigs
1: yeah yeah she put us in a she she did a movie called the running kind and i was she actually had me featured in that just skating and, and then she just got us some shows and and she was also connected with brian ware from you know beware records and so we were all just kind of this family this like new kind of skate rock family with you know and Screaming Sirens and all the other bands that were coming around at that point, you know, so about, it was a cool time for me to know people out in L.A. What, at this time is when you connect with Ray Barbie? Um, Ray Barbie is pretty much, we knew each other through skating, but musically, I started getting around Ray, watching him and Lance play probably around like, say, like 89 and then when when Ray and Tommy had Blacktop together for yeah, us. I was going to ask you about Tommy Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, project like Blacktop project was been about like ten years ago when it first started. But it started as a skate trip with Tommy, Ray, and Matt Rodriguez, and they would show up to a spot and then create a song and record it on a four track, and then they had me coming over dub drums, and then from that recording and that first release they decided to put the band together. So we decided to make it more like all of us jamming together live in the studio and also all instrumental music too.
0: Now I know the both California, but about 400 miles
1: apart, right? Tommy's up in the city racing
0: strong beach.
1: A lot of planning and Tommy and I have been playing music together since he's been like 15 when he was in free beer. And, you know, I saw the last free beer show up in SF when I was, just trying to figure out whether I wanted to stay back east or move out west. So, that, you know, this, basically in the summer of '84, I moved out here for about six out, out west in the Bay Area for six months, and you know, that's basically where that that whole thing started for Tommy and I musically. And so we just kept music around us. You know, we were just more in the punk scene, but once Tommy started digging up records and, and getting into different things and sampling we just totally changed the whole environment and just went for it. And he just led the way and we just, you know, and Ray too, you know, just, I watched those guys build their whole catalog up just by what, what they love and what inspires them. And that's, that's always creative. And, and that's Ray introducing me and you and together again after I hadn't seen you in years and we're in Pedro playing in your Mecca, which, you know, that blew me away. <laughs> that, you know what?
0: That was Ray's idea. He says, it has got to be in Pedro.
1: Yeah, it was so yeah. amazing. That I was, was just, a trip. Yeah.
0: But I'll tell you about Tommy, man. I dig his bass. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know yeah, he Tommy. plays
0: everything, but I dig his bass. Yeah. yeah, Tommy's bad, man. Yeah, you <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> and Ray, I dig Ray on the Telecaster. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's wicked.
0: He was on the show a couple of years ago because he came out with this solo record. Really interesting. He came nice. over to my pad. Yeah. So, uh, Mick Radd. <laughs> Actually, I got to play with you as a stooge. We were at some dude's wedding in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, 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 Ben Marger.
0: That's it. That's his name. One of the uh, yeah, the guys from that show, and you were in the little corner there with your band. What was that band?
1: Well, that basically was this, this band Amwa, was a reggae band from Westchester, and. It was just friends of BAM's that, you know, we were all just kind of people that we've gone to shows and skated with. And so we just wanted to have, like, you guys on the main stage and us kind of, like, being the music in between, you know, just kind of keeping the wedding vibes, you know, just having the the regular band and then the the bigger band, you know what I mean? And so it was, it was cool. It was a fun situation to just, you know, see you play with, you know. Well, Higgy, all that kind of a mind blow, too, Chuck. The idea of the Stooges as a wedding band. <laughs> And it that not come a while. <laughs> you, got great, you got something great. It was rifling, man. That was... Because <laughs> when I got on stage, your amp was cranked. That FVT. <laughs> no. Two of them. Like, there was two of them. Yeah, no. You're like... Uh, Turned up all team. the fucking way. <laughs> you were beating them amps. You were beating them up. It was great.
0: <laughs> it was kind of like the ballroom of some tell Fancy
1: pad. Yeah, you guys were killing it. I was—I've never seen a corporate gig be that full of fun, you know. What was going on around the stage and all my friends trip? Because I was hearing all the conversation, people that just like honestly love you and the Stooges, and seeing both of these mentor hero type people together. Friends of mine were just bugging. They were like, "I can't believe this is happening right now." Yeah, and
0: man. it was downtown, and there's a great market that was near that tail.
1: Oh yeah, the to- Reading Market is insane. Yeah, right? yeah good, Reading Market's great. Yeah, good
0: show yeah. there, man. Yeah, really good. Chuck, we're at the end of the first hour. February eighth, twenty twenty one, dish Wat Pedro show special guest, Chuck Trees. Hold tight for hour two. February eighth, twenty twenty one, it's the second hour of the Wat for Pedro show.
5: Joke? Please, no time wasters. Nighttime watcher required, $30 per hour. I would like to say, this is not a joke. What is required to sit in my room at night? It would be comforting to know someone was there My time watcher required I would pay 40 an hour If you could wear a small owl costume I would like to say this is not a joke please no time wasted see
0: Show start off the second hour with Tommy Guerrero heading west. Then uh, Sam Lock Ward, the Quiet Man, live from Iowa City with Ashes, Freak Out number two. Uh, Jan Bart Leu, God, sorry for fucking up the Dutch language, uh, number two, it's probably jam number two out of Groningen there, Netherlands. Uh, they're having a big snowstorm right here. Veda Hill, Vancouver, Nighttime Watcher. I heard our buddies, they made a, a gig where they, all the words were improvised from uh, Crate List ads. That's a fucking trip for a libretto. And then Fabian Achilles shut it down. What's that about, Brother Chuck?
1: Uh, Fabian is a singer-songwriter out of the Philadelphia area. Um... Him and uh, the guy who owns the studio where we did this, the Bing record, um, Rick Frederick, have been playing music since they went to the you know, school at Temple, which is mainly reggae, reggae rockers type stuff, blues type stuff. And so we've been just doing you know songwriting sessions in the studio for the past two years, and that song just came about. And I think lyrically where Fabian's coming from is more or less him watching the whole kind of market just change within the value of what's going on with life right now, you know what I mean? So he's always been a writer that's kind of written about things going on in the world. It's just that most of the stuff that he we were hinting at a couple of years ago is is now starting to come to light. You know, so it's kind of wild seeing this stuff kind of get together through music.
0: Sure. Sure. <laughs> and the situation shut down for sure. Anyway, yeah. And with Tommy, was this before Blacktop?
1: Uh, Tommy's stuff was probably right during the beginning of when Black Top was get, being started because Tommy and Ray were always kind of doing their own records you know for you yeah. know for a while sure free beer yeah, I, I first went to Japan with Tommy's solo and then I went back over there with Ray so they were always kind of like back and forth Blacktop was just let's just do a record so everybody can tour together and then we can play everybody's music so it was like a big kind of grand old uh, <laughs> uh, you no <know.
0: laughs> I like that idea uh Uh, Look, you gave me a couple songs with HR. How'd that happen?
1: Um, HR's connection was just through me and him knowing each other since I've been around 19. He gave me my first show in um, D.C. opening up for his band, HR & Company. And we've just kept in touch through the years. And 2012, we started collaborating um, on some music in D.C. with a guy named Mal Clemens. So I think one of those songs is on there. And then the other one... We do a friend of mine named Derek out of Philadelphia. His name is J ja D, and we do a lot of reggae, more dance type stuff. And that's the most recent thing that we've done with HR. And I guess the vocals probably done about like three or four months ago. And so we've just been finding ways to work with him when he's around the right songs. He's a pleasure to work with in the studio, man. We just he's got so many different levels of where he's coming from as a peaceful being versus like this anarchistic type of you know what I mean, rebel that he was early back in the day. You know what I mean? He's got a totally different approach now. That I'm learning from him still.
0: Now, you know, he was in and out of the Bad Brains.
1: Yes, a lot.
0: But during yeah. one of those out periods, did you fucking try out for the band to be the singer, man?
1: Yeah, I did. I definitely... Um...
0: <laughs> Tell me about that, man. What was it? What, in front of Dr. Gary?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I had to go to Doc's house. and shit? To... Yeah, I had to go to Doc's house. with It was, it was for the Quickness record. And they just put me in a, in a room with the kids run, with his kids running around in a four track on the microphone. he was like, "All right,' start writing and I had no it was I was in Woodstock as a young person it was it's like i I wrote some pretty good you know lyrics and stuff that I used for future music of mine, but what I learned now from that point was you know Gary's wife, you know at the time Lisa was all about like more of a holistic diet and she saw me struggling with like congestion she was like you know I think you have some allergies you have to deal with and i was like oh, what what is like what is that it's like well gary used to be allergic you know allergic to dairy a bunch and then i found out that he was and we pulled him away from it and then all that excess you know congestion you're dealing with went away so like she saw me trying to be a lead singer Dealing with congestion and tracking vocals, and then going outside and clearing my chest and coming back in, and she she turned me around. So me, to me, me having that audition was more of a diet rescue than a music rescue because she was right. I mean, she helped me like really turn around a lot of things about why I wanted to be into a different way of eating and a different way of existing. You know,
0: Absolutely, that's, that you never know about that kind of stuff, right?
1: At all because. It's it's so easy. I mean, food was a lot better back when we were kids, so it wasn't as much as a, of a risk, you know. It's like if you eat something like and fast food now, it's like not that it's completely horrible. It's just that you're not really getting anything from the food, so you're right. just kind of feeding the, the 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 notion more or less the cause, you know right, what I mean? Right,
0: right. Like, and then the other side of it was like you go there for one reason, but then some other reason comes in. Yeah, yeah. You
1: don't yeah, know yeah. about all, life what's yeah. gonna
0: it's gonna present to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's heavy because it's like just to say that. I remember going home to my mom and, and just talking to her about it. My dad and they were just they were so away from it that they didn't they didn't know. And I just started doing more research. And Philadelphia's just got a lot of holistic people around. And I just started getting into just basic, you know, you know, different nutritionists and and it just it was amazing. Just the basic parts of eating, uh, how much a, a, a farmer lived closer to better health than the average person does walking around stressing themselves out living in an in a, in a, in a inner city environment you know what I mean it's just it's crazy
0: absolute absolute I want to play uh, Angel Light
3: Mondo's Escape Mondo's Nothing
2: Hillary
6: Guys, hardly any girls All right. in Philadelphia. almost half and half, which is really cool. I think it's, yeah, like, it's, it's really cool. it's really cool that they get a good crowd. You can still shows. find a decent girl in Philly, really, you know? <laughs> Here comes one right now. <laughs> <laughs> the more you
0: look, it's the less you see,
6: though, you know?
0: Now that, now that you have an album out, uh, how are yeah. sales going anyway?
6: It's doing pretty good. I saw a lot uh-huh. at school. Everyone's selling them in the band. Yeah. Everyone's selling them. In, and uh, they're selling them across the country. Yeah, pretty good. It's pretty rich, right? Right? Get out of, of like a week we be out, we be out. We'll York, we'll and we'll be like six, nine, we can't the prices. can yeah, can't the price the for for $4 save company. Now let's say save
3: $3. No price. Boost. No price.
4: Cha-la,
0: Watch for Pedro Show. Yeah, Start that chunk of music off with Angel Light, HR. And uh, yeah, I remember Human Rights, he called it for a little while, and I played a gig with him. Maybe one of the first ones. He had two guitar guys. Mm-hmm. And I think he had his brother on the drums. It yeah, was at the 930 right. Club on F Street. And we're downstairs. I think right as Spring opened up. So they're playing upstairs. They had to borrow my bass because it broke theirs.
2: Okay.
0: Or, or maybe I borrowed theirs. Well, whatever. <laughs> Uh, it's just me and HR downstairs, right? In the you know the way that dressing room was at 9:30, yeah. the, the the shitter tubes, the pipes for the toilets, were right over your head. So yeah. I always dreamed of them being Pyrex because they also sold pizza, so you could have like kind of Lotto game predicting what kind of toppings people yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> HR asked me, I wonder what kind of man Michael Jackson is. Whoa. And I didn't know how to answer him. You know, I thought, I, I said, he's a pretty good singer and dancer. All
1: right.
0: You know, and then later I thought of it, maybe because Double Nickels on the Dime just came out. So maybe he was thinking of that song. All right. That I wrote, right? I've sent his management a letter. I thought, right. if Mike Jackson sang this song. No, I'd never have to explain the Minuteman. Right. <laughs> I never got an answer back. And then we heard a... Uh, Horseman and the Torpedoes from Bronze Age UFO out of Baltimore, a network glass out of Baltimore, 2B. Crazy music. And then Ja Love, HR. So, so you still uh, keep in contact with him, right?
1: Yeah, we still talk from time to time and working in and out of the studio. And uh, he was living in Philly for the past, like, four years, and now he's moved down to Maryland, closer to the beach, you know, with, with his wife, Lori. And yeah, it's, it's 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 an honor to like, you know, kind of work with him and, and still see him just grow. You know what I mean? He's still got a lot of like kind of love for music, which is oh, good. Yeah.
0: And man, he this is a dude who could fucking do a backflip and be right on the top.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he was the best front man ever.
1: Ever, yeah. yeah. That's that's that I don't know if that's ever gonna be topped. I to mean, it could it could be duplicated. Were kind of like out out tricked, but it's like the the unique quality that he had, and, and a lot of you guys that we had the right mentors, and it's I mean we had I mean you guys were like our John Coltranes and and, and, and Miles Davis's. I mean you were like the New York style of of how aggressive it was back in a day for us as punk rockers. We we got a chance to really learn from some. It was a theater for us when you think about it now. It's, it, it was so open. It's for people to be creative, you know what I mean? You're most kind,
0: Brother Chuck. Most kind, because, yeah, sometimes you think you're just doing it for yourself, but then you validate us. (laughs) Much respect. Look, people are at the end of the second hour, February 8, 2021. This is Pedro Show. Special guest, Chuck Trees. Hold tight for hour three. February 8, 2021. It's the third hour of the Pedro Show. For Peebler Show, start off the third hour with Ernest Zelot with uh, Fond of the Rain. Another Umbrella with Trippy Raga. Sounds like the fucking tape was wobbling and shit. That's why it's tripping. David Gerard with Brain Voyager. To the Realm of the Oblivion. Some Days with Some Days theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio from Supco, Laswell Prigden Trio. And then finally, Chuck Trees and Ray Barbie doing a dose cover. Taking away the fire. So yep. First, let's talk about. I want to learn about
1: Ernest. Ernest Ernest Z-Lott is a project started with a friend of mine, John Rowe. Um, he was uh, normally used to be into like the hip hop realm. He had an artist stage name as Troy Walsh. He was kind of the early guy before like Asher Roth and the other guys under Eminem broke. Like Eminem broke, but. There was all these guys kind of bubbling around in Pennsylvania, and New York.
0: What about what about Schooley? Is he pre-schooly or post-schooly?
1: He's way after Schooley. Oh, okay. He's way, way after Schooley. Schooley, you know, I got to, to do a like,
0: gig. I got to do a gig with Schooley
1: at Revival Schooley. downtown. Schooley's the he's a mentor, mine, good friend. He's such a he's like the king of like that whole hip hop thing to me. His voice because he 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 did it right the first time. There's that, an album, album. called. Uh, Saturday
0: night it is so fucking yeah. good. and then there's a twelve it's inch epic. called Parkside that's so. fucking... Maybe yeah. it's his neighborhood.
1: Epic, epic, epic. Good. What happened looking, with Code Money? Is he still huh? around? Huh? Code Money. I think that I think that think pretty much everybody's still around. Maybe only a couple guys have passed, but pretty much everybody around. Jazzy Jeff is still around. Like, but he's in Delaware. But all okay. these guys are still. When, when, I, when
0: I did the gig with Schooley, he had Code Money on the the box. And then he had homeboy James and homeboy Mike just holding their balls. and he right, 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 he, right. He, 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 <laughs> he came up to me, he took his sunglasses off, he goes, and shook my hand, he goes, I'm Jesse. And he looked me square in the yeah. eye and he says, man, ha- happening to do this gig. And I was like, whoa. I think it was 1988. And Kim and Thurston came down from New York City.
1: Right.
0: And he played like... 40 minutes. They said he usually only oh. did like 15, 20 minutes. So yeah. I just lo- I love those sounds. He was just. Crazy. So let's get back to
1: Ernest though. All right. So, yeah, so Ernest Z Lot basically is a project that I started with my friend John. And he basically, when I would post up a drum groove on Instagram, he would take and like, you know, download the groove or, you know, play it and, you know, record it in from his phone and then start writing, creating drum loops out of my drum clips that I would post. And then he would write these songs. So he, he got up to about like 20 different songs. And then we decided to finally go into this studio called The Pharmacy, which is kind of like a throwback punk rock place that's like a coffee house slash, you know, web design place and web show place that we just went in to record about another six or eight songs. And that's one of the songs from this latest recording. It's still in the, in the can, you know, working on a mix. But it's just a fun project. But you know, you know what's been-
0: interesting? You started it collabing. Through the internet, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: So you were kind of like trading, because I've done a lot during this situation?
1: Yes, yeah, it's wild.
0: Okay, but then you took it to the pharmacy and, uh.
1: Yeah, and then we a- put it all together. Yeah, just put the final glue on it, you know, like re, re, you know, we sat on the project for about a year and a half just listen to all the demos and then we went and then picked the best songs and then just nailed them. See,
0: the internet ain't all bad people. There's yeah, you could spread some bullshit, and racist okay. shit, but you can also get together with your buddies and make some bitchin' music.
1: <laughs> yes, you can you can be highly creative.
0: Now, now you'd like me to why well, you and Ray did this dose cover. How what was that all about?
1: Well, like as to be brutally, you know, honest with it, it was just that I think it was right at a time where COVID was just starting to kind of like wear me thin a bit as far as like the first scare of it was like, okay, I'm not playing music with my friends and and doing things because people are scared and I got to find people that are open to doing things. So the first time me reaching out on the phone instead of being able to reach out for a media live thing was like, hey, Ray, are you doing anything? And he was like, oh, by the way, I'm doing this, you know, this, this cover song, and it's, you know, it's why and, you know, it's, it's someone he was dealing with. It's like their little project, and I just want to take it and do something different, but I, I'm not playing guitar on it. I just want to play keys. And and so I was like, well, if you trust me playing drums, you know, let me just take it to a friend of mine's studio, this guy David Ivory. He's a good engineer who worked on The Roots, and we had a stu- he had a studio over in Sigma, so he's a part of that whole kind of Sound of Philadelphia later on crew. But Dave recorded the drums, and it was it was a super fun situation. And I felt honored because I wanted to be able to rep my kind of appreciation for what you've done for music and anybody that you've worked with. So that's, I liked collabing with Ray, but I also like that we're kind of like speaking another language back into the history of music. You know what I mean? It's like, and... Well, you, yeah, know, with, you, guys, you know, you guys
0: you reinterpreted
1: it too, man. We wrote it for two bases. <laughs> I know, I know. I think that's all Ray's thing, because Ray that's that's the thing I like about Ray, and it's not that I don't know like what, what it is. I haven't seen anybody grow as fast as him, as far as when I first saw him play with Lance and Golita yeah. at the Powell Factory to me and him and you like letting off and just just watching ray just soak up music so quick so when he got to thinking about you because i've heard him talk about you a bunch of different times as far as what he likes with the guitar driven side of, of 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 what you do and then more of the outside the artist based side of what you do and it was like it was amazing that he took away his guitar playing to represent the song that we did. That's when I knew I was like, Ray's always thinking about concepts and thinking about music the yeah, right way. Right yeah.
0: Right. When he came over my pad to do the show with this new record, he played playing synthesizer.
1: Was I know, it's guy. crazy, man. <laughs> Look, you got a project
0: here. It's called Doc, Derek, and Chuck, right? And And, and there's yeah. a tune called Afro Dub. I want to play that right now. Okay, people, last music for this edition. That's Doc, Derek, and Chuck with Afro Dub. After that, The Hatch out of Hokkaido, Japan with Constantine, the interlude. Moist Boys with Protected Serve. You helped these cats out, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played yeah, yeah, yeah. Play drums on uh, a couple of songs on that record. It was right when when Wayne was kind of taking a break and Mickey and found out through rolling stone that like his band was no more so i had just started going to, to new hope pa yeah it was funny i was at john and peter's and he, mickey just came up to me he's like oh well Wayne's no more it's like Do you want to you know cut a record and i was like yeah why not you know so he purchased some some studio gear from a friend and you know rented a house out and myself him and guy you know the singer voice boys we just sure. We'd get together at two in the morning and you know he would only give me two takes per song. He would never he would never go back two takes all protect, uh,
0: This tune is called protect this tune is called "Protected." served. Were you on that one? Uh I
1: think so. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you only got two shots. <laughs> yeah, he was like because he, he he was he literally got a bass tone in the room And plugged it in the SVT, cranked, you know, playing a P. And he's like, the drums are right here. He looked at me. He's like, play the fucking song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mickey's crazy. (laughs) Then we had Emmett Kelly with guitar solo number two. And finally, Ben Crosby with the instrumental version of Our Town. Where can people find you on the internet,
1: Chuck? The best place to find me is uh, Instagram uh, with my name, Chuck Treese, which is T- R e e c e, and then from there all the other links. You know, it's basically I have a TikTok page, but I think my Instagram. I just want to send people there first because that's where I'm, I'm I'm at the most. Sure, sure. And and
0: and, and the current thing is this, uh, Bing Bing Crosby. Where did that name come from?
1: Bing Crosby um, is is a situation where my son and I've been chanting right. Karen Trees, and um, my other son Isaac. He's he's a DJ now, but we're all drummers in in the house. So we've always been jamming since we've been, you know, they've been little kids. But my youngest son, Kieran, he started School of Rock at age four. So we've been jamming since (laughs) he's been age four with different concepts and everything as a drummer. And so I finally got a chance to homeschool him for his senior year. And we started the project But that. And I just started kind of lightly experimenting with this, like, trees and you know the whole cannabis thing sure and i started realizing as an asthma patient i had to be cleaner with using uh i call it a binger because i'm able to keep you know the carcinogens out of my lungs and different things that asthma patients need to be concerned about you know what i mean on top of what's going on right now but i've always had problems with just kind of like my upper respiratory so the the whole bing crosby thing is like i'm living the lifestyle of learning how to cure myself without an inhaler, which I've had to deal with, and I've been hospitalized a couple times with bad asthma attacks and things that have kind of, like held my career back and how my skating back and it was all health related you know what I mean so uh, I've had to George Hurley
0: back. George Hurley had some asthma problems I have to use the h- inhaler I, I, I kind of I know a little bit yeah because it's the way you that, get that. You, you feed the energy you need the air
1: yeah you need the air and it's like <laughs> there's a holistic way to go about it and there's, there's there's another way to go about it and the holistic way is actually better because you can use natural products to keep your chest open sure the other way about it is
0: chemicals is you, you have to
1: know that you have yeah you have yes. to have a doctor and prescriptions and now it's, it's upper respiratory of any kind is almost considered COVID. So, you know, I mean, I don't want to bring that scare to the conversation. No,
0: no, but, no, you know. no, 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 no. It's, it's been a huge fucking honor to have you on the show. I can't tell you. When this Bing Crosby album comes out, you and your son come on the show and we can talk about it? Yeah, it'd be great. Okay, those bitches. You are... A- inspiration and in, in, in the idea of, of good health i mean we get less younger right that's part of the fight yeah, cuz we, we want to keep the music. T- yeah we want the music right yeah. brother chuck thank you so much people it's been the february 8 2021 Wat pedro show keep your powder dry yeah.